If I could just get it right, that would be helpful. Would you I prefer thought, if I got it right? Or? Well, you just had a little gap, so you just went grace the adventure leadership. Maybe if I say the word of. Oh, you, you grace just the adventure of. Okay, let's try that. <laughs> Welcome to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership Podcast. <laughs> Our hope is to cultivate church leadership, which is fueled and formed by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. My name is Riley Spring. I'm here with Dave Taylor. We're pastors in Sovereign Grace Churches Australia, connected with Sovereign Grace Worldwide, Sovereign Grace Music you might know of. And our hope is that in this little podcast, we can explore what the adventure of leadership looks like in the reality of the gospel. Um, grace is the most incredible reality that God would save us and redeem us from all of our sins. Yes. And we want to see how that applies to church leadership. Amen. We want to get through the the pragmatics and business books, all, all that can be helpful or what the church down the street is doing. But we actually want to think, what does the Bible has to say? And what is the glorious realities of the gospel? Um, how do they change how we lead? And today we're going to be talking about generosity. Now, one of the values of Sovereign Grace Churches is to be generous. And for me, the first time I visited Sovereign Grace Church Sydney was, Dave, you weren't there. Um, it was Mike Pasolich and Paso, <laughs> if you're back. listening to this. It was the one sermon he ever did, and it worked. <laughs> My wife and I came in, and we were part of lovely, great churches growing up, which we loved. And uh, But we came in, and there was the sermon of all sermons to come on a visiting week was on giving. Um, but the, the message was on gospel-centered giving, grace-based giving. And by the end of the message, we were more in love with Jesus. We were ready to hand over our wallets. You know, we were, we were, were surprised that you could have such a grace-infused message and a joyful message about giving rather than some kind of like, come on, guys, you've got to do it. Like, we're not going to make budget or an awkwardness. I don't even think I'd ever heard a sermon on giving. You know, in the churches I grew up with, it would be in the notices every week and there would be a little dark gray line and a white line. And the, the dark gray line was what we'd actually given and what the white line was where, you know, the chart was where it was meant to be. And there was always a big gap. And there was always this sense of like, once a year, the wardens would come around and say, hey, we all need to give more because we're not going to make budget this year. Mm. And, and that was, it felt, maybe there was more and no disrespect to the church, but it didn't feel like there was a whole lot to it. And so for me coming into this graced version of giving, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And then as I joined the church and saw, Dave, how you guys structured your budget and went about mm. the practice of giving, it was very different and cut across even my own heart, you know, being, a, I think, genuinely a selfish and stingy person. Mm. I've had to unlearn so much of my natural selfishness and fleshliness. And you started buying me gifts now? Yeah. Got, for got, birthdays? And got Christmas gifts for you sometimes nice, when I think nice. of it. Um, oh, maybe Maddie does. I'm yeah, Maddie sure. does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my perspective is I came in stingy and I'm learning bit by bit to peel back those layers and soften up and actually enjoy being generous. Um, but still struggle with it. Uh, but it's such a key element of leadership and, and the life of a church. Every church needs money, right? You know, that's part of it. What's been your experience? How did, mm. how have you gone with being a generous pastor and a generous person? Mm. I think it would be very fair to say it does not come naturally, does it? You no. know, I think we are naturally quite selfish. Um, I certainly am. 
I think I, I grew up in a church probably different to, to yours. I grew up in a Pentecostal uh, type church and where they talked about giving actually quite a lot. So right. I was around actually good teaching hmm. on finances. The challenge was I just didn't apply it. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard plenty about it, but just didn't really do anything with it. And I was, I was 19 years old, if I recall. I'd left home, went to university, through a series of events, met a girl, barely knew her, but decided she was attractive and I should marry her. Yes, that was about as deep as yes. that that went. It's gonna go and well. This is this. We know where this is going. So we we got engaged. I left university. We bought a house together, uh, bought a car together. Six weeks before we were due to get married, she decided she did not want to get married. Left me. Did she see you for the first time? Yeah. It was there. exactly. Yeah, she opened her, her eyes. eyes. Like oh, and she's like it's Skeletor. Oh my. <laughs> oh my goodness, who is this? I cannot do it. So she didn't do it and left me with a ton of debt because uh, suddenly the house was was mine. Mm. Well, one income and I was earning seven and a half thousand pounds a year, so about twelve thousand or thirteen thousand dollars a year. Not ideal for running a home and with loans and so on and so forth. And I remember calling my dad, um, hoping that he would say, No problem, son, we'll send you money or something to that effect. And what he actually said during the conversation very quickly is, son, let me ask you, how's your giving? Oh. That, that was not what I was <laughs> anticipating in that conversation yeah. at all. But it really started mm. um, the adventure of giving in my life mm. because I'd heard a lot about it but never really applied it, never really taken that step of faith and yes. realized this is the Lord's. Um, and I want to trust him with my life, which means I think it was Charles Adam Spurgeon that talked about people need to be born again twice, one for their heart, one for their wallet. <laughs> the wallet one had never got to me. And so I was about 19, 20 years old then. And at that point, I really did begin to practice the joy of putting my treasures where my heart is and vice versa and allow my heart and treasures to point my life to the Lord, and it, it changed my life. Mm. But it, but it hasn't always come naturally. And I would say, to be quite honest, Riley, year after year, when our Go Forward Fund comes around, which is an annual fund that we do to try and punch above our weight as a local church, every year my initial thoughts are to reduce what we yes. get to that. Um, every year my wife challenges that and explains that it's called Go Forward, which doesn't seem to be to reduce it. <laughs> and then I restudy the scriptures, and every time. It is blindingly obvious what we should be doing mm. and moving forward. And, but my heart is deceitful above all things all the time on this very issue. I think it's so important for us to speak about as pastors of churches because so go the pastors, so go the church, right? Mm-hmm. Stingy yeah. pastors, stingy church. Yeah. Stingy pastors, stingy budget. It's bizarre the way that works, yeah. but it, do, it, it it is true. And that was um, or a low expectation of what people will give because you give low will produce low giving within mm-hmm. your church, yep. whereas, yeah, yep. the, and the opposite seems to be true. Generous yep. pastors, generous church. That's been my experience. Generous yep. pastors, generous budget, generous remuneration, and then there seems to be this free-flowing of money. Now, we're not talking about prosperity gospel, that if you give, you get. No. But there seems to be something linked, even just in your joy and your wallet. You know, if you look at you yep. know, what Jesus is teaching, uh, you know, 15% of all the recorded words of Jesus are about money. Yeah. Um, out of the 39 parables, 11 of them talk about money. 
<laughs> and they were in a subsistence economy. They weren't even rich like we are. Right. Yeah. And yet money is just, you know, what you, as Jesus says, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be yes. also. Yes. And that applies personally, individually. It applies corporately as a church. What you value as a church is what you'll give money to. I think Mark Dever talks about that is show me the values of the church. Well, show me the budget of your church and I'll tell you the values Absolutely. of the church. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. So it, it all kind of comes together. So it's really important. Mm. But then we've got to bring in grace and the gospel and all these type of things yeah. so that it's not this duty and you must do this, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So why, why ought we to be generous? Um, how would you encourage pastors who are listening in? What would you say? What's the, you know, the benefit or the, the opportunity um, of generosity as a pastor and for individuals? Yeah, look, I think there are, there, are, there are many opportunities and reasons why giving is so important. And so for pastors, we're just the same as everybody else. We're mm. a sheep first before we are a, a shepherd. And I think at a, at a very fundamental level, we, we serve a generous God. Yeah. And so as people who are called to be imitators of him, how can we not be generous like him? Mm. I mean, it is remarkable to me the way the Lord lavishes his grace and blessing and favor upon us. It's just off the charts. Yeah. And so when it comes then to finances, I think the same would be true. I mean, particularly for us here in Australia, we are so wealthy. It is it is off the charts. And one of the privileges I have in traveling <coughs> is you see situations where this isn't the case mm. and where people are not wealthy. And yet we, we are. And so I think understanding that we serve a generous God mm. that I want to imitate. How can I use some of what he's entrusted to me as his money manager? to bless people, mm. to move this gospel forward, to care for people. And so I think generosity, it gives us an opportunity to store up treasures in heaven and point our hearts to things above the <clears throat> Matthew 6 that you were pointing out before. You know, I think one of the fascinating things of that is we can so often have our eyes fixed on don't store your treasures up here on earth because thieves will break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Um, that, that's true and that's wonderful and that's that's great we want to be storing up treasures in the heavenly realms however it's not just that the point is where your treasure is there your heart will be right. also and so it would appear that in the way we give whatever it is that we're investing into our hearts will go there as mm. as well and so if we want our hearts our lives to be all about this world no problem just spend all your money here in the world if you want your hearts to be in the heavens towards that day when we see his face, then start putting your money towards the heavens and you'll find your heart will will go there. I think that's a wonderful way. Mm. I think Randy Alcorn in his wonderful book, The Treasure Principle, says giving is God's great antidote to materialism. Hmm. I think that's so helpful. You know, in a, in a world, and particularly for us here in Australia, where materialism can be so rife, giving is an antidote to that and so when we're when we're as pastors thinking oh i don't think i'm materialistic well no problem we'll assess that by working out how generous are you with your finances towards the church and towards others yeah this is probably going to help you see how much materialism has a hold on your life or yeah, or not but, yeah because it becomes a bit like um when the, the question is how much should i give Mm. rather than like how much can i give like i want to give yeah. my heart's there i want the church to go forward i want people to be blessed and helped yeah. and cared for how much do i need to keep so i have enough to serve my family <clears throat> yep but my heart is always like should i yeah. you know the tax return comes in should i tithe on that 
Right. I, I make some money on shares or whatever. Should I tithe on that? Yeah. Rather than yeah. like, oh, yippee, I, I've got more money to give. <laughs> yeah. And it's reflective of where my heart is. And it's just not Absolutely. instinctively there. Um, yet when you go like that, who God is a generous God. And the most incredible form of his generosity is not material blessing. It's the spiritual blessing that he would afford to rebels like you and I, the free mm-hmm. riches of his yep. glorious grace in Christ. And yeah. you know, that reality can <clears throat> loosen the purse strings, so to speak. Right. Uh, and I think that's Paul's kind of point in two Corinthians nine and, and eight and nine is and Christ was made poor um, so that we could become rich. Yes. Amen. Us. I mean, it's kind of, kind of funny in that, you know, in what you're describing there, um, you, our hearts I think we can so often think of them as this nice little grandma who wants to give away all we've ever had. Mm. But actually, our hearts are more like Vinny the used car salesman who doesn't really sweet want to give away. Back. Yeah, sweet hair back, sharp dressed, and wants to remind you of how much you gave last year yeah. and all the costs that you have around the house. And so I would experience exactly what you experienced, Riley. You know, our son has started to pay rent now. Now he's working full time. And straight away, my mind's... Do you think I really need to tithe off that or <laughs> give off that? Because, I mean, it's just kind of paying bills, really. Um, or obviously we're, we're foster carers. You start to say, so what, what do I need to give off that? Or, mm. And it's funny how our hearts will instantaneously go towards, do I even need to do that? And what you said before is so true. It's not, it's not should I do this, but it's could I do this? And I would argue maybe even more than that. Maybe it isn't a question. Maybe our best question is not how much should I give? Maybe a better question is how much should I keep? Yeah. If this is actually all the Lord's, how much in good conscience before him should I actually keep? Mm. And then what am I going to do with the rest? It's it's a totally different way of viewing it. But I think it's probably more accurate, biblically defined. Yeah, you, if everything you, is the Lord's. Yeah, if you if you gave a hundred thousand dollars of your cash to a you know personal finance manager and found out that he only <laughs> yeah. he only invested 10% of it and oh. used the other 90% for his own personal expenses, you'd be a bit like, ah, that wasn't really the <laughs> that intention. That wasn't what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Exactly. All right, so it gives us an opportunity to store up treasures in heaven yes. and point our hearts in the right direction, Yep. which then helps us um, you know, to think about what we can do with our money. Uh, and so uh, another thing that I think is really important for how generosity works is that it gives us an opportunity to make a difference in gospel mission. Right. And how our hearts are actually um, tuned in to where our treasure is will affect how much we actually give to the gospel mission going forward mm-hmm. and will affect our budgeting as a church leader and what we give our money to and everything like that. So yeah. what's been your experience there? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm very grateful for my upbringing in this because I think I was taught from an early age that you want to make a difference in gospel mission. Now, like I said before, I didn't do a good job of applying that. Mm. But theologically and philosophically, I certainly understood that. You know, Psalm 24, verses 1 to 2, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Then Psalm 50, For every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and all its fullness are mine. I mean, it's just it's just profound. There's scripture after scripture in the Bible where you realize everything that I think of is as mine 
isn't actually mine. <laughs> it is definitely <laughs> oh, 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 the Lord's. Oh, oh, no, it is. <laughs> it is definitely the Lord's. So all we are doing here is ultimately being God's money managers. Mm. And when you study scripture all the way through the Old Testament, and God's people were giving. They were giving a tithe or first tenth of their income as an offering to the Lord. And they were taking it to the temple for the building and maintenance of the temple, the support of the temple, the ongoing work of the temple. And in the New Testament, I think sometimes we think, oh, great, tithing stopped. You know, there's no more rules. We're sweet. But actually, when you study Acts, people were just bringing still their money Hmm. and they're laying it at the apostles' feet, the pastors at the time, if you will, and then saying, well, let's invest this money for the same type of stuff. It was to support the ongoing work and building of the church now and the poor and the needy and the ongoing gospel mission of the church. And in God's sovereignty, we now have the opportunity to do that and to spend some of what the Lord has entrusted to us to see the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ go forward. Mm. I can't imagine anything better than that. I mean, one of the, the, the things that I've enjoyed over the years is seeing the way Sovereign Grace Church Sydney has given to the church and that money has then been used by the Lord to advance the gospel, yeah. whether it be planting the church that, yep. that, that you're in. We are glad recipients of your yeah. generosity. <laughs> and, and that's wonderful. Please, we're able to do that. But whether it's that or SG Care, and caring for the poor and needy in our community, just growing our own church or giving to international care ministries in the Philippines or seeing churches planted across the world. You know, some of what people give, we take some of that and use it and invest it literally across the world. I love that we're a part of a family of churches where we can honestly say we're a part of making disciples of all nations. I love that. And so to be able to use our giving and seizing that as an opportunity to make a difference in global gospel mission, that, that's a happy place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the the joy, it may feel hard in the time, but when we get there in heaven and the treasures yeah. are probably not golden sacks, it's probably people or something in heaven, mm-hmm. and we meet those brothers and sisters in Liberia oh, or amen. Ethiopia where we're planting churches and realize, oh, we played a part in their salvation. Yeah. and. They understand, like that's 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 amazing. Yeah, that's a happy place. I think Jim Jim Elliot, favorite missionary, he said he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep mm. to gain what he cannot lose. I think that is so good. We cannot keep what the Lord has entrusted to us anyway. We're not taking a U-Haul to heaven, but we can in, invest into a kingdom to come. We won't lose that. And and I agree with you. For me, the excitement of heaven is not stuff it's it's jesus yes but i also can't wait to see people who you never met and somehow realize that you were a part Mm. of that i I think that is a profound kindness of the lord all right let's jump in and with a few practicals let's just talk about um what does it look like to set a generous church budget you know how do you be a generous say the pastors are listening in or future pastors how would you counsel them to be generous Okay, we've talked about personal generosity, mm. but as a church, how do we be generous as a church and not stingy? Uh, what have you done to mm. cultivate that in the church, I guess, and even just practically putting numbers on an Excel spreadsheet to mm. demonstrate what you think is generous? How do you yeah. how do you think through that and globally? Look, look, I think in the Lord's kindness, I was I was taught well and mm. pastored well myself in the UK. So you know, before I was a lead pastor, I was just a pastor on a team. And Pete Greasley, who was our lead pastor, would lead us in this process of budgeting. And one of the things I found in Pete is he was, and still is, just a very generous man. Mm. And so the disposition was, okay, the Lord has entrusted us with X amount of dollars. 
It's his money. What does he want us to do with it? So in the same way you think about your own personal budget, now as a church and a pastoral team, it's still the Lord's money. So Lord, what do you want us to do with it? And I think that's when your theology really comes to, to, to bear. You know, do we, how, how are we going to be generous with staff? Yeah. How are we going to be generous with volunteers? Mm. And how are we going to be generous with putting away money ready for church planting and evangelism? I think what you said earlier on, you know, and from Mark Deva, if you look at somebody's personal budget, you're going to find out what they value. When you think about the church, the same is true. Yeah. If you look at a pastoral team's budget, you're going to find out what they value. Yeah. And so for me, it just starts with genuinely praying before the Lord and recognizing this is his. Mm. And then making sure whatever line item we're looking at, we, we are being generous. We're being generous with people. We're thinking about um, how to bless people and care for people. And making sure as well as a local church, um, just like I would think about our own family, that we're not keeping it all for like ourselves. That this yeah. is now Sovereign Grace Church Sydney. Close the doors. This is all ours. We're going to spend it all on ourselves. It's like, I'm not assuming it's all for us. Yeah. So, Lord, what do you want us to do beyond our our doors i think it's always been a philosophy since we started the church that we wanted to punch above our weight mm. and make a difference not only in the local community but around the world and so we've always built that into people's thinking and i think in god's kindness he's really blessed that mm. and, and honored that and so people do give real well and i think we've consistently just thought to think about ourselves and seeing the gospel go forward here and then seeing the gospel go forward internationally and being generous with the various line items we have. And then what I've noticed in, in all of that, seeking to go out and give, but the way you have budgeted for the local church itself was generous in that bless, you know, gifts for volunteers. Yeah, uh, Thank you. Uh, when we're hosting an event, we host it well. When we create something, we make it beautifully. And it's not prosperity gospel, but it's just a sense of like, we want to... Bless our members. We this is yeah. a way to demonstrate we care for them. We are buying buying people books when we can, providing you know yeah, great definitely. meals and resources and and just various little ways in which we can communicate God's love for them through um, serving them even with the money that they've given to the church. And it yeah. kind of has this my experience of when you were stingy at the church level and yeah. made everyone pay for their own stuff. Yeah, they kind of had this mentality. Well. We won't give as much. Yeah, but when people just give freely and then you freely bless and freely send, there there just seems to be, from my experience, this flow of funds. And even if the funds slow down at times, there's even a joy and an expectancy waiting. Like, Lord, will you provide again? Because we want to be even more generous. We want to give more. Yeah. And it, it makes it more of an adventure rather than, I don't know, this kind of miserly, which is my heart, is let's save it all and not spend it. Yeah, I just, I you just gotta take think, risks and I think the Lord waste money on honors and blesses a generous heart. And I'm not talking there about prosperity gospel. I'm just on about in principle. Well, yeah. He seems to honor a, a generous heart. And so you're exactly right. I mean, so for example, we always pay every year for our youth leaders to get a kick, you know, and to take our kids. And I've had numerous youth leaders over the time we've done it say, yeah, was, we have never, ever been in a church that actually, like, pay for it. We've usually had to pay ourselves. Yeah, I was shocked. <clears throat> and so for me, it's like, hey, that, that I can appreciate that might be the Sydney culture, but for me, it's, it's super odd in that these people are giving up their weekend <laughs> to serve our youth, and they can pay for it themselves. I just don't think it's great from my perspective. Mm. I would rather build a philosophy of, 
no, you are going to, thank you so much. But I actually think one of the byproducts of that is people want to be generous with the church because yes. they're aware this is what we're doing with our funds. And so they, we buy in on that and think this is the type of church I want to give yes. to and be generous with. And um, I think that's just really important. Just recently, actually, you know, caring for our all of our PA people and music mm. through COVID, <clears throat> we, we had to go to three services. Massive. It was very difficult. Um, but that meant the band. We're, we're rocking mm. it for three services. Huge. So we ju- we went through the list and just gave everybody in PA and projector and a fifty dollar and gift card, but just seeing the fruit of that for them yeah. that they felt honored and blessed as they should. I just think you know, this is this is the Lord. I wish it could have been more. You know, it's just like yes. generous, and I think the fruit of that year on year and sovereign grace. We don't do it so that people will give back. That's not the heart at all. If they don't, I'm not complaining. Yes, it's just but actually, what happens is you develop a. Sp- upward spiral philosophy of let's be generous for this church we're moving forward let's be generous and I think that's right I think that reflects something of the generous heart of God yeah well fantastic and I think often as pastors one of the hardest things to talk about is money Mm -hmm. uh, because if we're coming at it from maybe a miserly point of view it, it does lack joy but when you bring the gospel back into it that Everything we've received is grace. Even the money we've received is grace. And you teach people that. It actually makes giving an adventure. It's hard, but it's a joyful adventure where we get to be part of being generous like our generous God. You've been listening to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. Um, You don't have to give us any money. We don't need... I was going to say, if you want to support us generously, (laughs) you don't need to. We don't want your money. It's all free. Uh, But thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.